please stand for the call to worship. Come, let us worship Almighty God. Lift up our our prayers and praises. Come, let us honor Christ Jesus. Minds and our spirits. Come, let us be filled with the Spirit of the Living God. Breathe in us, breathe, O God. Hallelujah. You may be seated. 
I'd like to welcome all of those who are here in worship today, those who are our members, but especially those who are guests. And we have a number that are here as guests today, some of those being from uh, Dr. Roxborough's class, and we're glad that you're here today to share with us in worship. Southside Baptist Church is a church here in the heart of Five Point South. We uh, continually are building an inclusive community of grace, first in this community and then beyond, and we try to do that by welcoming all who come in these doors with a warm welcome, a welcome that signifies that the love and grace of God is here, that we've experienced it, and we want to share that with those who come into this place. We trust that today all of you who came in have been warm and received, and I want to mention too that at the end of worship in the narthex there, there's a time of reception for those who uh, have come and, and worship together. That's for members and guests alike. gives you a chance to meet some of the folks here and for us to extend even a um, more warm welcome to you there. Today as we gather, we gather to worship the one true and living God. It's a special service though today because we also are doing one of those particular uh, steps or taking those steps or activities we're engaging in which the early church did, and that is to the church called together, calling out someone to serve as deacon and then ordaining by laying on of hands. We'll tell you more of that later, but uh, we will have that taking place today. So it's a special day of worship just to be gathered here, but also to participate in the process of ordination too. May we continue worshiping today by coming before the Lord in prayer. Bow with me, please. Loving and almighty God, we, your people gathered here, come into this place that is dedicated for worship to lift our voices, to lift our praises, our prayers, our spoken word to you. In hopes that it will be received as the worship that we intend it to be. We desire, O oh Lord, this day to demonstrate that which is all of life to us. And that is you dwelling in us. Receive our worship now. And may it truly be worship that is offered in spirit and in truth. Amen.
Our first scripture reading is from Acts chapter 6, verses 1 through 7. In those days when the number of disciples was increasing, the Grecian Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, It would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. This proposal pleased the whole group. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. Also Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas from Antioch, a convert to Judaism. They presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. So the word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly, and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. Our gospel reading this morning comes from the gospel of John chapter 15. It's one of the um, I am sayings of Jesus is represented in the third window, I am the vine. In honor of reading of the gospel, please stand. I am the true vine and my father is a gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be given to you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
here, okay, Jeanette, just have a seat right where you are. It's like coming to the mountain, you know, just come to you, all right? You know, if you were listening, and I know that you were, if your grandfather wasn't distracting you, that you were able to uh, hear those words that we just read about, about uh, from Scripture. And when Rusty read, he was talking. Do you remember when he said, can you count down this wall over here, three windows back? One, two, and the third one. What's in the third one there? What now? Some kind of flowers? Yeah, uh-huh. but really, you know what it is, really? This might look like a limb, but it's really, I told Dr. Peoples when I came in, I said, this is not a switch. It is a vine. So if you look at it, it's a vine. And if you look real closely, there's some little, you can see where little the new growth is coming on there. And there's flowers going to be there, and they'll bloom. And you know what will grow on there after that? Oh. What do you think? Look up there in the window. And look in his bag. Grapes. Grapes. <laughs> you got it. All right. Do you, you know, what he, what he said in that scripture, what Jesus said was that he's like this main part, this vine, okay? And then we are like these little pieces that shoot off and have the fruit on them. And if we're connected to him now if I well, obviously I've already cut this off here this whole thing's going to die isn't it but if we stay connected with him he gives us all the things we need to live and to be have a healthy life and especially help spiritually healthy life let me ask you this you, you, you like grapes do you like them you don't like them oh no ask Mr. Rusty or ask one of them down there if they like them think they do can you take one take that bag to them and let just take it to them and let them get one let them Wait, tell you where? right here bring it back to me now bring it back to me now and bring one up here to dr roxborough <laughs> take one up here to dr roxborough can you take one to him take one And what I want to do is, since Jack's not certain he likes them, since you don't know if you like them, you want to try one anyway? They're going to try one. Ask me. I've tried one before. You've tried one before. Well, you know, I kind of like them. You sure you don't want to try it? Yeah. Dr. Roxburgh, what did you think of it? It's very good. It's very good. Jeff? Sweet. Now, for most people, grapes are something. You know, I should have used some other kind of fruit that he liked. Like chocolate candy, you like that? Yes. Yes. I don't think it grows on trees or vines. No. But, but anyway, Jack, the thing is, when we look at that, we're reminded that as you grow up and you stay close to God and you pray, God will give you those, the guidance you need and the sustenance you need for life, Okay. So I tell you what, maybe your maybe your uh, granddad likes these, and so you can take them to him when you leave. We're gonna have a prayer. You can take them to him if he'll keep them away today. Okay, <laughs> let's let's offer prayer. Loving Lord, we thank you for the truths that are revealed in nature.
for you have created all that is. We thank you that if we stay connected to you, that it is a, a way that your love is manifested toward us and that we grow and understand who we are in you. Thank you for Jack and for all the children who aren't able to be here today. May they also understand your love and your desire to be in relationship with them. In Christ's name. join me in prayer as we come before God. Risen Lord Jesus, present with us today, we thank you for transforming our daily lives in our worship, helping to glimpse you in unexpected places, in unexpected people. Help us to know your presence in a very real way today as we worship you. We come to pray for our world today. We pray that you may bless this world in which we live, which you have created, a world in which there is much turmoil. We've been reminded over this weekend of earthquakes in Japan and in Latin America. And we pray for those who have been affected by these experiences for those who mourn and for those who are suffering in their bodies and their minds. May there be those who come and reach out to meet them in their need and may your grace come into their experience. We pray today for our community, our church, for those whose lives have been affected by illness, by grief, by sorrow and bereavement. We think of our dear friend Sarah in the loss of her sister and pray that you would surround her with your loving presence at this time. Loving God, we thank you for calling us to serve you within the community of this fellowship, but also in the wider world in which we live. We often pray your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Be with us especially today as we recognize your call upon our lives to serve you. And especially we pray that you be with our friend Jeff, whom we will ordain later today as a deacon of this church. We pray as we share together in this wonderful event, as we recommit our lives into your wonderful service, we pray that you would guide and equip each one of us who seeks who serves in the leadership of this community to know your spirit, your wisdom, your love, and your unity, that your name may be glorified and that we may honor you in all that we say and do. And so we come to you today with glad hearts, with expectant hearts, to hear you speak into our lives. And we bring all these, our prayers, both spoken and brought to you in silence, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom the power and the glory forever.
I was about 11 years of age, we moved to a new house in the town where I grew up in Scotland. It was a significant move for a variety of different reasons. I was telling some people this morning that no longer did we need to take the tin bath out once a week. We now had a bath that was plumbed in. Although we still shared the water, I would go in first, my siblings, my mother, and my poor dad last of all. The most significant thing, it seemed to me, about the new house was we had this very large garden, yard as you would call it out here, but we grew vegetables and we had lots of fruit trees. But in the greenhouse, there were two vines. I remembered them this morning as I was tasting that black grape. My father became expert at pruning and keeping the vine in order And my responsibility was to water it and make sure it had enough uh, to drink. But it reminded me this morning, as Rusty read the scriptures of the words of Jesus and of our window, I am the vine, you are the branches. Grapes, fruit, develop because they're on the branches, and the branch is connected to the vine. Abide in me, and I will abide in you, and you will bear much fruit. We've been reflecting on some of these I am sayings in this Eastertide period of the church life. Jesus focuses here on the relationship which we have with God, the similar relationship which he has with the Father. He abides in the Father, the Father abides in him. We abide in Jesus, Jesus abides in us. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. And that is an interpretation, it seems to me, of what Jesus is talking about in this passage. To abide in Jesus is to abide in his love. Now, the writer of the gospel, as far as we know, is the one who wrote the first, second, and third epistle, tucked in near the end of the New Testament. And in that letter, he says, God is love, and those who abide in love abide in God, and God abides in us. There's a lot of abiding going on in John's writings. John is saying, we abide in God, and God abides in us, when the love of God fills our lives, and we love him, and we love one another. Now, the love that Jesus is talking about is not the kind of romantic love that we often think about as being love in the 21st century. Nothing wrong with romance, I can tell you. But God's love for us and our love for God is not just a kind of passionate romantic love. It is that, but it's more. It's to do with the love of action, the love of determination, the love that does things out of love for others. Frederick Buchner reminds us, real love in marriage is not the feelings we have at a marriage ceremony or at a romantic candlelit dinner for two. Real love comes into play when the sink is full of dirty dishes and the bills are piling up and it's two o'clock in the morning and the baby starts crying and somebody has got to get up and change the diaper and your spouse has man flu and you really don't want to get out of bed. Do you recognize that at all? (laughs) Real love in relationships in human life is to do with attitudes and actions that demonstrate what love is. That's the kind of love that Jesus is talking about here. That's the kind of relationship that Jesus is 
informing us about, encouraging us to know with him and with one another, abide in me and I abide in you. Abide in my love and your love will abide in me. On a Sunday morning when we have the great joy as well as responsibility of setting apart one of our members, Jeff, to become a, a servant, to become a deacon within the life of this church, it seems to fit well with this passage. Prior to going to the cross, and in the context of serving, Jesus has just washed his disciples' feet. He's the one who says, I came not to be deaconed. That's the literal word Jesus used when he says, I came not to be served, but to serve. I came not to be deaconed, but to deacon and to give my life as a ransom for many. He says to his disciples, abide in me and let my love abide in you. The power of one person's love to go on existing within our lives when that person has gone, so that by the Holy Spirit, we who have received the gift of God's love within our hearts go on demonstrating that love towards one another. That mean, makes our lives effective and will produce much fruit. Fruit, says Jesus, that will last. And Mr. Rogers' wonderful affirmation, to love someone is to strive to accept that person exactly the way she or he is right here and now. Abide in me and I abide in you. Now, there are lots of things we can say about God. We can say that God is powerful. We can say that God is righteous. God is judge. God is creator. God is king. When we try to encapsulate, however, the essence of who God is, we need not go further than the declaration of the Apostle John when he says God is love. This is the essence of God's character. The other aspects of who God is flow out of that eternal essence of who God is. God is love. Between the members of the Trinity and expressed to us in incarnation, death, and resurrection, God is love. And those who live in God live in his love. Now, the problem with saying that is we're so familiar with it. We say it ad nauseum, and the words seem to be so glib. So, we can hear them without really understanding, without feeling the impact upon our attitudes and actions. But Jesus says to us this morning, this is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us, and he gave his life as a sacrifice for our sins. Love, says Jesus, is defined by giving. Love by Jesus is defined by friendship, the friendship of those who lay down their lives for their friends. You see all these verses in John coming together in this particular saying, I am the vine, you are the branches, abide in me. Yet, if we're honest, there's a lot of people outside there in our world who don't seem to love one another as God loves us. Even some of them claim to be Christians. Now, I know that Westboro Baptist Church is an extreme example, <laughs> but we've all experienced those Christians who talk about God but don't seem to demonstrate much of His love. And if we're honest with ourselves, then there are times when we've done exactly the same. In our attitudes and actions, we're maybe not so violent as they are, but we don't always express the love of God in ways that we should. So, to one degree or another, 
we have encountered or maybe even expressed a Christianity that is repressive, legalistic, judgmental, rather than accepting and affirming. The Braves are not doing very well at the moment. They have won one game, I think. Is that right now, Kenny? Oh, what, two, two. Okay, cool. I missed that second one. So they're two and nine. Is that right? Two and nine. Okay, nine. Okay. I'm sure they'll get better. The Barons may do better than them this year. Who knows? The story is told of the Chicago Cubs manager, Dusty Baker, who managed them from 2003 to 2006. See, I don't just know about cricket, I know about baseball. The Chicago Tribune reported on the introduction that he had to Chicago baseball. Baker was out on the town with a friend, and they were sitting at a bar musing on the possibility, albeit remote, of a Cubs Sox World Series, just like 1906, when the Sox won four games to two. And, and Baker said that he was pulling for the Sox to win the American League pennant, and the bar tender overheard and said, you can't do that. You either love the Cubs and hate the Sox, or you love the Sox and hate the Cubs, but you can't, you can't do both. To which Baker says, I'm not into that. Or as John put it, those who say I love God and hate the brothers and sisters are liars. No ambiguity there whatsoever. So if we love God, if we abide in Jesus and Jesus abides in us, then our love for others will even go to the extent of loving those that have not been kind and gentle and loving towards us. That's exactly what Jesus demonstrated in the events of Holy Week. On the day that Germany invaded Poland and World War II began in Europe, W.H. Auden wrote a poem named September the 1st, 1939. It began with these lines. I sit in one of the dives on 52nd Street, uncertain and afraid as the hopes expire. And right at the end of the poem, he said, we must love one another or die. Jesus knew that love sometimes took him to the point of death. But out of that death, comes life, resurrection life. And in this period of Eastertide, and these Sundays following the great events of the resurrection of our Lord from the dead, out of his death, out of his dying, out of his sacrifice, out of his friendship, out of his love expressed so decisively, arises the gift of the Spirit who fills us with the love of God. So that Paul can say, God has poured his love out into our hearts, through the gift of the Holy Spirit. So abiding in Jesus is not doing it in our own strength. We can't do it in our own strength. The Christian life is not the power of positive thinking. It's the power of the work of the Spirit of God within us, planting within us the gift of grace, of being accepted, and learning from Jesus what it means to go on developing our love to God, to our love to Him, and our love to one another. And every day I need Jesus, and every day I need the Father, and every day, every day, every day I need the Holy Spirit to be poured out into my life. Jesus says, abide in me, and I will abide in you, and you will bear fruit 
fruit that will last. Thanks be to God. At the, this process of ordination, as we just heard, it is a manifestation of the gifts of God within us that are empowered by His Spirit, that are demonstrated through His love. The passage that Marilyn read earlier from Acts 6, 1 through 7 was the response that the elders of the church made to those who were needing help. And they call forth those who they deemed as being full of the Spirit, gifted for service, and willing and dedicated to God with a, a sense of commitment to that end. All that undergirded that was the love of God. In the John passage where Jesus said to his disciples and taught them in the upper room, he also said, a new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another even as I have loved you. For greater love hath no man than this, than he laid down his life for a friend, which he demonstrated shortly thereafter. Today, we gather here, and we have one that the church has called out to serve as deacon, one who will be ordained today, and one that will join another five or five others in beginning a three-year term of service as deacon. Those others, Valerie Abbott, Charles Auten, Carl Lespin, Vince Vostein, and Phil Watts are also called out to serve. Today we hear from Jeff as he has been called out by this church, this congregation gathered, and today we hear from him a bit of his spiritual journey after which we will lay hands upon him and offer prayers for him as well. Jeff, come and share with us. Don't worry, guys. I promise I'll keep this under seven minutes. I grew up Baptist, so I know that noon rule. If you would have told me that I would be standing here today talking to you about becoming a deacon, I would have said, you're crazy. That's not for me. That's, that was my never. My mom was always my biggest cheerleader. Yes, I'm a mama's boy, I admit. She seemed to know the right words to say to get me on the right road. In later years, she developed Alzheimer's, and later the words became incoherent. But one day, she found her voice. My brother and I were trying to get her to eat. She was not being compliant. I, being her baby, and of course her favorite son, used all of my persuasive charms to convince her to eat. She was not buying my charm. She boldly stated, I didn't know what, the word I can't say at church, I was talking about. Perhaps my de declaration of never being a deacon is proof that moms are always right. A couple of years ago, my dad passed away and my mom soon followed. This experience caused me to reflect on my spiritual life and God's plan. What do I really want the rest of my life to be about? Like many of you, my faith journey has had highs and lows. 
My low point was in the 90s. I was wandering in what seemed like my 40 years in the desert. I was trying to connect with God, but his voice seemed silent. How could he really love me? I went to church, but the message I heard was, love the sinner, hate the sin. That left me with a sense that God had rejected me. The message I heard from the church was, you can't be gay and a child of God. How could God's words that I was taught in a small Baptist church growing up as a child be exclusive? Was John 3.16 a sham? By the grace of God, I discovered the real truth. God loves me unconditionally. He loves all of us. And whosoever calls on him will find him. I discovered the reality of being wonderfully made in God's image. When I came to Southside, I discovered this wonderful, inclusive community of grace. I found a family and a safe space to grow in Christ. If you haven't noticed, we proudly live out loud our inclusive community of grace. We welcome you if you are black or white, male or female, rich or poor, Democrat or Republican, gay or straight. We at Southside represent God's kingdom, a vast spectrum of his children. We are not, one, we are not a one-dimensional congregation, just as God is not a one-dimensional God. This is why I love Southside, and this is why I love you guys. Maybe we don't have the flash of some congregations or a Starbucks. We do have lemonade, though, and I love that. Most importantly, we have each other's backs. In the words of Julia Sugarbaker from the 80s show, Designing Strong, I love that show because it was about the South, and it was about strong women. And I've been surrounded by strong women, so that's why I love that show. But Julia said, we're proud of our crazy people. We don't hide them up in the attic. We bring them right down to the living room and show them off. See, no one in the South asks if you have crazy people in your family. They just ask, which side are they on? Phyllis asked Julia, and which sides are yours on, Miss Sugar Baker? Julia boldly claims both. That's me. I'm flawed and sometimes a little crazy. Maybe that's all of us. Yet we are family and we celebrate our differences and our flaws. Most of all, we love each other the way Christ loves us unconditionally. My goal as a servant my goal as a deacon is be, to be a servant to you. Be patient with me when I fall short. I learn from each of you. You guys teach me by your life and your gifts. Dr. People, his kind words every day to me inspires me. Ken, we are blessed with your thoughtful sermons. Tim, your patience with me is amazing. Dr. Banks, your music inspires me. Rusty, your reminders that God is with me keeps me grounded. Fisher, your hugs have gotten me through the dark days. Chris, your ability to cut to point keeps me honest. 
Michael, your quiet faith is an example for all of us. I could go on and on about all of you guys. So what do I want the rest of my life to be about? I want it to be about God's love and service to others. This is my commitment to you as a deacon. I look forward to and am honored you've selected me as a deacon. I ask for your prayers and I will pray for you. So perhaps I don't know what I'm talking about, but I do know with certainty that this inclusive community of grace will continue to do God's work. I love you all and God bless. In just a moment, we're going to move down to the floor level and there um, Jeff will kneel on the kneeler and each of you, whether you're a member here or not, can come by and offer a prayer, lay your hands on his head or shoulder and uh, let him know of your love and your hopes that he will do exactly what he's been able to do. I'd like to offer prayer now as we begin that process. Oh Lord, we love you and we seek to serve you and we admit we don't always know where you may lead us. But we pray, oh Lord, that our spirits would be willing to listen, that we would have your love deep within us that pours out to those that we encounter. May we do so with patience, with perseverance. May we do so, though, out of a conviction and a dedication to you, the one who has redeemed us, the one who has saved us. I pray that you would bless Jeff. May he continue in the way that he has begun and those ways that his parents instilled in him through the years. May he be the servant that you've called him to be. In Christ's name I pray, amen.
Jeff has offered his life into the service of God in a new and significant way. At the close of our service, we sing as our hymn of commitment, 490, take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to thee. Perhaps this morning God has been speaking to you. This may be an opportunity for you to come to abide in Christ for the very first time. Or perhaps you want to follow him in baptism or becoming a member of this community at Southside. During the singing of this hymn, if God has been speaking to you and you want to respond in this public way, then Dr. Kelly will be at the front to receive you. 490, take my life. Will you pray with me? Dear Lord, we thank you for this beautiful day and for the chance to gather in your house for worship. We come to you now with giving, loving, and humble hearts to give back a portion of that which is already yours. I pray that the offerings given today are given out of love. Bless these tithes and bless the givers. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen.
has been a great day of worship here at Southside. The service of worship, the ordination is a part of that. The word and the spoken music all came together to create a wonderful time of worship here today. And for that, we are thankful, and we do uh, give God thanks for that. I want to mention a couple of things today before uh, we're dismissed. Many of you know that one of our uh, favorite senior adult members, uh, Jewel Lewis, passed away on Thursday, and uh, her funeral will be on Monday in Virginia, and then there will be a memorial service for her the first weekend in June. But she was a bright spot, and I know that you would want to know that if you had not heard already. Our midweek activities of just exactly what is an evangelical will be uh, Wednesday evening, so I know that you'll want to come and be a part of that as Dr. Roxborough has been uh, leading us in a study on uh, For All the Saints. And uh, this week, we're wrapping that up, and we're looking at the evangelical. So you'll want to be a part of that. And then Thursday, our contemplative service. And uh, before, we, before we leave, I think Dr. Banks wanted to make one announcement about uh, an event this weekend. Yes, we're coming uh, sort of to the close of our uh, Southside Center for the Arts and Humanities season, as it were. Uh, we have several um, uh, events coming up in the next uh, few weeks, but one that is coming up this coming Saturday, many of you will have seen the uh, posters about it, Monique Gannon and Ray Reach in a, in a combo in a cabaret night down in Drennan Hall. Uh, for those of you who might be aware, Monique usually is uh, with us in the choir. She's in Atlanta at a theater workshop this week, but uh, uh, that's, uh, she will be back. And uh, for those of you who don't know Ray Reach, he's one of the premier jazz musicians of the, uh, of the area. Uh, they have a combo of uh, uh, drums and uh, uh, acoustical guitar and bass, and we're going to have just a lovely evening of all sorts of wonderful uh, cabaret music. Uh, down in Drennan Hall. If you don't think that uh, Drennan Hall could be turned into a, a nice, friendly club atmosphere, just come and see. Uh, Saturday evening, 7 o'clock, tickets are available. Uh, do check in with the church office or etix or such as that. But uh, we'd love to have you come and join with us. Thank you, Dr. Banks. Well, as we go, we go out into the world, all of us as servants. I'd like to have Jeff come and stand here so me, people may want to speak to, to him that were not able to come down or those might want to come and say a word to him that you weren't able to. And now uh, Dr. Roxburgh is going to have our benediction as we prepare to go out.